and welcome back to another episode of The Raven Geeks, the official geek culture podcast of CM Life. I am one of your hosts, Steve Tiemann. I am your other host, Jordan Hermony, and today we are bringing you a couple hits and news and settling the argument of what's better, the movie or the comic book, in this episode of The Raven Geeks. And this first one is going to take a bit of explaining. So apparently, the DCEU as we know it isn't really the DCEU. It doesn't exist. What? So I heard about it today. Every time that someone has ever said the phrase DC Extended Universe, it's never been officially from Warner Brothers. It's not a term that they use in the office. it's like a fan term. Yeah, it's just a fan thing that they've adopted. And we've just assumed that they use it because it's what Marvel does with the MCU. So I found a little article, and I think it was Jeff Johns, and yeah. So our intention, this is the quote, our intention moving forward is using the continuity to make sure nothing is diverging in a way that doesn't make sense, but there's no insistence upon an overall storyline or interconnectivity in the universe. So basically, they'll be making these superhero movies, but there isn't like an overarching thing like an Infinity War that they're trying to push toward Like every now and then. For like a Justice League movie or something, they might throw a few people together, but their purpose isn't to have every single movie connect to each other in the way. So Marvel it's more does. like a day in the life of the Justice Pals type right. of thing, where it's like, well, because the the first part of his quote almost makes it sound like for continuity, like yeah, we'll keep like if we make a Batman movie, it's gonna coincide with whatever went on in our latest Superman movie, right? That's kind of what that sounded like to me. Yeah, I think like. But then like, oh hey, like we're not gonna make it where if you know this Batman villain is a thing, like, it's not really going to show up in, like, a Superman movie. Right, right? and that was the big, that was, like, the follow-up quote was, like, when Aquaman comes out, we're not going to try and shoehorn in a bunch of Batman and Flash and Justice League stuff into an Aquaman movie. It's just going to be Aquaman. But he's in the universe, and the things that happened in that movie happened, but it doesn't really, it's not. So it's not going to be, like, Homecoming, where, like, Tony Stark kind of, like, jumps in and is like, hey. Exactly, like, yeah. Like, Spidey, won't... let me help you, where it's not going to be, like, Bruce Wayne, like, all of a sudden, In like, a little submarine. Hey, Mira, how's it hanging? Yeah. Like, huh. So I'm kind of okay with this, in a sense, because trying to get them to connect hasn't really worked so far. Well, that's, so. like, a that's like a decade and a half in the making that Marvel's been doing. Right. Like, and I know everybody's kind of expressed hesitation on that because it's like oh you can't just shoehorn like eight movies together in like the span of a year but I don't know I kind of think that this might be okay this might work for them um I especially think this is like a really nice way for them to kind of distance themselves from Suicide Squad maybe a bit um kind of hold it at arm's length so I'm all for that uh but I don't know I guess this is just one of those tidbit of newses where you're just like guess I'll just have to see how this plays out naturally like I think we might it'll be more like director specific like a director will make a solid story about a superhero and then not have to worry about the constraints of having a connected universe because that's like a complaint for some of like the the weaker marvel titles like your ant-man and like some of the movies that haven't done as well it's like Mm -hmm. oh well these are just there to fill a marvel placeholder and eventually tie into the next big thing that's happening so i feel like maybe with right how we had like a schmidt ant-man movie but then he played a role and he was awesome in Civil War. Yeah, so I, I like that, though, because then it's not, like, kind of setting up one of your titles for failure. For where sure. it's like, oh, hey, like, we're just going to use this Cyborg title as a stepping stone for a really cool Justice League film. Yeah, but, like, and then we'll actually get a cool Cyborg story because it's not hinging on anything. Right, no, so 
Speaking of hinging on things, or maybe not, this is another type of rumor scenario that we've heard about, but Darth Vader being spotted on the Han Solo movie set. Please tell me more, Steve. So there are a lot of rumors coming out of Han Solo, uh, Stormtrooper dogs, Woody Harrelson being difficult on set, everyone being difficult on set. I heard this movie is just like a hot mess. It's such like a it's hot like mess. if you just like distilled Han Solo's personality, like that's kind of like what's going on in this movie, except for like not within like the cool like physical form of Harrison Ford. It's right. just like this hot mess of everybody having a really big ego and like really dumb ideas. Yeah, so we might get Darth <laughs> Vader again. Now the question is, Jordan, do we care about Darth Vader or about this movie? At all? Do we want Darth? <laughs> do we want Darth Vader shoehorned into this? Do we want this movie at all? Because I kind of don't. I, I'm back and forth because on the one hand, it's it's a neat idea if it's gonna be done right. The problem is, is from what it's looking like, it's not gonna be done right. Yeah. Um, which is sad because actually, when I heard that uh, Donald Glover. Childish Gambino was going to be Lando. Oh, yeah. I, I lost my mind. I was like, that's so cool. Like, this is a guy who's been really talking about wanting to break into, like, the comic book scene. He's been talking about uh, playing, like, Miles Morales for, like, a while. And obviously he acknowledged, that, like, he's too old to play Miles unless, like, they aged him up or something like that. But so I, I was really excited for him. Um, I think, though, what we were just talking about, about, like, shoehorning in, like, characters to kind of make a lackluster movie more exciting I think this is almost kind of what LucasArts is doing here, or like Disney is doing here, is kind of like, well, like we're trying to market this for the people who love Star Wars, but we're also acknowledging that a large percentage of people seeing this movie is going to be children Mm -hmm. who idolize Darth Vader for one reason or another. So the best way to do that is to have him pop in. Yeah. I don't really know how that's going to work out, though, like at least timeline-wise. Like where where is this movie even kind of being set? Like I think, um, it's like I know it's young rapscallion Han right. pre like how he got his and name it's like Han Solo. He meets right? Chewie and he gets the Falcon at some point. And I think because if you go back to like the old canon, I think Lucas is, Lucasfilm was bringing it into the new canon that the Empire used Wookies as like slave labor. Mm-hmm. So I think it's set on like Kessel. Okay. Because like the Kessel Run. Right. So I think it involved Darth Vader killing a bunch of Wookies. For some reason. That's going to be a real tearjerker. If we're just going to get, <laughs> like, the Darth Vader hallway scene in Rogue One redeemed that film for me. Right. Because it was a lot of fan service and poor characterization. But that's an argument for another day. But <laughs> if we just get one of those in every single spinoff movie, you're going to cheapen Darth Vader. Right. No, he's almost gonna just going to be, like, this, like, hand of God that, like, comes in and tries to save. Which is, I never wanted to say these words, but, like, a lackluster, like, Star Wars movie more to the point, lackluster Han Solo film. Because, like, Han Solo is such an iconic character. And, like, you do Han Solo wrong, like, there's going to be some real, real problems between fans and and what goes on throughout the rest of of Star Wars. I almost wonder if they're focusing so hard on, like, 7, 8, 9, that they're kind of, like, putting everything else kind of the wayside. They're like, man, no one's really going to care. Like, Rogue One was shmeh. Like... Han Solo's looking like it's going to be, eh. Like, what else are we looking at in the future? Like, an Obi-Wan movie? I'm question really, mark? I'm really excited for that. I'm not going to Okay, lie. here's the thing. If they bring back Ewan McGregor... It's going to be beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because Ewan McGregor, one, still looks like what he did when he did... Uh, three, yeah. Yeah, two and three. And, like... And he wants to do it. And he's so, so excited to Get do it. Get him back. I know. Bring... Hashtag bring Ewan back. That's going to be our hashtag for the show today. 
bring Ewan back. Just make um, it like a mix of like Seven Samurai and Logan and just like. I would be so happy. Oh, I don't even know because like. Take my money. Truly, truly, especially if they said it in kind of like that crook, like after they left Anakin on Mustafar, like dying, the little just like stump of a human being to like. And before he's Alec Guinness. Yeah, and before he's Alec Guinness, like. What does he do? Because actually, like in canon, that's not that long of a time. Yeah. Um. Because I think what Luke's like nineteen twenty ish. I think he's nineteen. In, in New Hope. New Hope. Yeah. So like, if anything, that's like nineteen years. Which, like, granted, I mean, I also would look like a bag of bones if I lived in the desert for nineteen years as well. But like, there's nothing to say that like Obi Wan just stayed on Tatooine like for. 19 straight years and like didn't do anything else like this mm-hmm. could be a really cool like offshoot type of thing cool way to also kind of small plug because i love clone wars kind of pull Same. ahsoka into it somehow yep. i think it'd be so cool if we could bring a, a human human in air quotes uh ahsoka like an actress uh, yeah. a real person to put to the face of ahsoka i would die i loved her but Speaking of, in other news, more lackluster things to be not so excited about. Yep. We Inhumans. Got Marvel's next TV project, The Inhumans, and it premiered, and it's bad, and all the reviews are bad, and they uh, launched it for a week in IMAX, so the reviews got in a little early, and it's so bad. So the question is, why is showrunner Scott Buck allowed to ruin more Marvel things? Because he did it with Iron Fist. And Iron Fist suffered for it. And yeah. now we have what was going to be the MCU's answer to the X-Men, because we don't have X-Men yet, and mean old Ike Perlmutter was like, Inhumans, bring them out. And now it's garbage. So Yeah. I think it's just because everybody's so hinged up on the idea of, like, when we associate the word, like, mutants, like, we associate that with, like, somebody who has, like, those super, super abilities, mm-hmm. the... It's the same thing. It was the same problem with that Age of Ultron ran into, where they couldn't call the Maximov twins mutants. Mm -hmm. um, Where you just kind of have to like write around that because apparently X Men literally owns like the word mutants in terms of powers in relation to superheroes. Yep. uh, Which is a little upsetting. I didn't actually think you could trademark like one word, Mm -hmm. like. Although I suppose you could with, like, Marvel owned the rights to the word zombie for a while. Did they really? They did. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. Walls are weird. That seems really, well, I guess it doesn't, because they never actually use the word, like, zombie in any of the, like, George Romero films uh, in their, like, titles or whatever. Um, More to the point, though, Inhumans, it's bad. Scott Buck allowed to ruin more Marvel things. I don't know. I feel like it's probably, like, a... Like, hey, guys, give me one more chance. I promise I won't mess up this time. And everybody in, like, the Marvel office is like, Scott. They're like, you (laughs) rascally rabbit. Like, and then he just, like, hemorrhages them money. I feel like it's, like, after this, they might seriously look at him and be like, hey, maybe stop turning things. He's like the anti-King Midas. Mm -hmm. Instead of everything he touches turns to gold, everything he touches turns to poor TV ratings and lost money. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, because correct me if I'm wrong. Only the first episode has aired so far, right? Yeah. Uh, the first two, I think, because okay. when when they released it in IMAX, it was the first two episodes because they wanted like an hour. Okay. So it was like a, a feature film in IMAX, but it was just two episodes. Okay. And it's kind of, it's really a shame because some of the, the characters that are in it are really cool in the comics. Like Black Bolt is like super powerful. Yeah. And he's like got like the sonic scream and he can like destroy That's mountains with why it. why he, if like, he just doesn't like talk. Speaks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I'm just honestly like, and I always say this, and I always end up kicking myself in the butt later. I'm gonna try and give it like one season. I'm gonna see if like maybe because you know when like you first start a book and you're like, God, this is so boring, and then it picks up like a hundred pages in, and you're like, Wow, like I'm really glad I didn't put this down. Kind of hoping maybe Inhumans will take that same route, although like. Looking back at Iron Fist, that's probably unlikely, but... Yeah, here's hoping. Like, here's to hoping. So, So yeah, that's uh, about it for news. So, the main segment today, we were going to talk about Rick and Morty, because the season just ended, but we're going to we're kind of playing catch-up at the moment, so... I am a little behind. I'll be the first to admit that I have not gotten the chance to see the last two most recent episodes, which is also why I've been heavily avoiding the internet. So I know I'm I know I'm way behind. I know I'm a bad geek. That's right all right. Now. I'm probably gonna watch them again just because it's like a pretty dense show, and uh, I like finding the Easter eggs and stuff. So I'll just watch them again. Oh yeah. But moving on, we're gonna talk about our main segment today, and the question is: Well, we have a lot of movies out now that are based on comic books. So the question is: Is there a movie that is better than the comic? And if not, which which ones aren't as good as their source material? Yeah. So is the comic better than the movie? Or is the movie better than the comic? I have two movies off the bat where I say the movie is better than the comic. I know you have a couple movies that you said. I had, well, I shouldn't say I had a hard time. I Most of the time I found like the movie did kind of improve the comic mm-hmm. a little bit just by the ability of like, wow, I can actually see this played out. But like one particular instance that stuck out in my mind so hard was Snowpiercer. Um, do you have seen it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So for those who haven't, Bong Joon-ho, uh, love him. He is a Korean filmmaker. Um, he made a movie starring Chris Evans, Tilda Swinton, um, Jamie, oh, I'm Jamie, Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell. Yep. yep. Jamie Bell. And then there was another, there was an old man. Ed Harris is in it, right? Ed Harris is also in it for a sneak peek, I believe. Um, but so long story short, uh, what happens is in order to combat global warming, uh, the governments try and shoot off an agent into space that uh, and this is the, this is the movie version of this. The government's trying to shoot a missile off into space that kind of releases an agent to kind of undo the effects of global warming. Unfortunately, it speeds it up rapidly and we enter an ice age um, as things are getting pretty uh, frosty down on Earth. Um There is an individual who has made a railway that connects all the way around the globe, and it is completely self-sustaining, and anybody with a ticket who gets on it, basically, survives this snowpocalypse. Um, Everybody who stayed on the outside froze to death and died. So you basically have this giant metaphor for, like, our class system, where all the the rich people chill out in the front of the car, uh, on the front of the train, and they have dance parties and, like, do drugs and are like very lavishly wealthy and eat sushi all day and go around in designer clothes. And then you have your people in the very back, uh, which you have Chris Evans' character, uh, Curtis. And in the back, people are literally sleeping in like lean twos and in their own like feces. And they eat these like protein bars that kind of look like jello mixed with like mold. They, they look really nasty. But honestly, it's based off a comic from the 80s uh, from. France, so a little bit of my hipster roots showing, uh, called La Transpionage, and it is really poorly done, honestly. Granted, it's from the 80s, so like maybe it didn't age as well as like other comics did. Sure. But I don't know. You you saw Snowpiercer. What kind of like endeared you to that? Uh, honestly, I, I, as I was watching it, I was like, so it's Hunger Games on a train. 
but it didn't take away from it because it's really good. And I like Chris Evans and things. So, I mean, it was cool. It had a good, like, I guess, allegory to, mm-hmm. like, that everybody else does. Like, they're oppressed people at the bottom, and they're sticking it to the the people that have, have had it too good for too long. Right. And I just thought it was really interesting. And, yeah, I mean. So, it's a three-part comic series that I would honestly recommend at least reading so you know where, like, the source material comes from. And it has that same premise of, like, hey, like, we're on a train, and the poor people are in the back, and the really rich people are in the front. Um, but the main character guy is like not at all like likable like Chris Evans character is. He's just kind of this dude that's like, I don't really care about this class system. Like, I'm just trying to like leave me alone, I'm trying to live my life. And then a super rich woman ends up like getting shuffled into the back and like he quasi falls in love with her. It's like really kind of sexist too. It has that like little nice twist of misogyny in like the comic and I don't know. I just thought All-Star cast on Snowpiercer, All-Star, they kind of took a plot that that was almost there and made it something that was fantastic and really timely, too, because I believe it released in 2014, 15. I think somewhere in there. Yeah, and that was around the start of the time when we started, like, mass protesting, like, started, like, becoming a part of, like, our everyday news cycle. So I thought it was just, like, really timely, really evocative, um, especially with everything that's going on with, like, global warming right now and stuff like that. So... I would definitely say, I know I just said read the comic, but I would say drop the comic and pick up the Snowpiercer, the DVD. So much better than the comic book. But it's also what on is, Netflix. It's also on Netflix now. Didn't know that and went out and bought like immediately when it first dropped. I spent like $40 on that <laughs> DVD. Worth it. Maybe not worth it in hindsight, but in the moment, yes. But your comic to movie adaptation. So I actually have a couple. Um Full caveat here, I haven't read a whole lot of comic books, so I'm kind of basing it off of, like, general knowledge. So if I'm completely wrong here, tweet at us, at Raving Geeks. Just tell me how wrong I am. But mine is Age of Ultron, because the comic of Age of Ultron is super convoluted, and it's kind of like Days of Future Past. Wolverine is doing some time travel stuff with, I think, Spider-Man trying to undo all the havoc that Ultron is wreaking. And they took it, they took that story, put it in an Avengers movie, and made it uh, relevant to the MCU. It was fun. We had a little bit of the Avengers hanging out and being buds at the beginning with some Josh Whedon snappy one-liners. And there's some really good action in it. We get some some good guilt from Tony Stark going, what have I done? I tried to help the world, but I'm an idiot and made a genocidal AI. And it's just a, it's not the best Marvel movie. I know a lot of people have issues with it, but it's it's darker than the first Avengers, and I think when I first saw the, f- the very first Avengers movie, I was, like, blown away, but, like, watching it now, it's not as good. It's kind of hasn't aged super well, and it's kind of cheesy. It is super cheesy, and I wonder if moving further away from Ultron, we're going to have that same reaction, because I actually didn't like Ultron, mm-hmm. um, and this is coming from someone who hasn't read the Ultron comic uh, yet. Yeah, to put that little asterisk by it. Um, I don't know. I just felt it was like, we're trying to throw too many things, like, into too many different movies. And, like, here's randomly the Maximoff twins who aren't related to Magneto at all but still have their same powers but are, like, meh. Like, yeah. they, I don't know. I had, like, a really hard time with, like, clinging on to Age of Ultron. Yeah. Like, but it, it does have its issues, but, like, just for me, the Hulkbuster scene is awesome. That final fight in Sokovia is really cool. And introducing the vision, I think it introduced the vision really well. 
Um, what else? What else is good in that they movie? They killed off Quicksilver, though, but I thought they killed they him did. off, like, way too fast. Like, his, like, well, okay, because remember, that was about the same time that uh, Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past was coming out, and you had Evan Peters' Quicksilver and, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Aaron something. Aaron, yeah. Taylor, Taylor John, Aaron Taylor Aaron, Johnson. Yeah, Aaron Taylor Johnson and Evan Peters, and they had their Quicksilvers out at the same time, and I remember just the amount of memes where it was, like, you versus the man she tells you not to worry about. Yep. It was like Evan Peters and like Aaron Taylor Johnson. Or like I remember someone was saying like the Aaron Taylor Johnson Quicksilver is like the name brand product and, and Evan Peters is like that off-brand Kroger brand you'd get. Yeah. So I remember like laughing at that. But then in the end, it turned out that like Evan Peters' Quicksilver was like super funny and yep. like really on point. Um, and, and Aaron Taylor Johnson like was kind of there. Like he wasn't funny. But, like, his character was solid, and he had, like, some room to grow. And then they were just like, mm-hmm. ha-ha, we'll you thought, like, it was, like, a totally unnecessary death to, like, somebody we had, like, zero ability to, like, actually yeah. kind of identify with as a character. I think what happened there is because Marvel and Fox share the rights to the Maximoff twins. Mm-hmm. That's why they can't say they're mutants in the MCU. So what I feel like they did was they got together and they said, look, we both have movies coming out, and we want to use the Maximoffs. How about... Marvel will use Scarlet Witch, and you guys use Quicksilver, but we're also gonna have Quicksilver in this. But we'll just kill him, and then we'll then we'll both be happy until we inevitably buy you out and get our X Men rights back because it's coming. Yeah, Mm-mm. probably not. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. I just felt it was like you had a lackluster movie, and you had two people who really could have came around and saved it. But yeah. well, save is maybe a a way over the top term, but. Meh. Yeah. So, what is another? You said you had a couple, though. You said you had a couple movies that were better than their comic counterparts. Um, I would just say Logan. Just kind of an easy one, just throwing it out there. Logan was, it's probably one of my favorite movies of this year. It's absolutely amazing. And Old Man Logan is, obviously it uses more characters and elements of the Marvel Universe as a whole that Fox isn't able to do. But I feel like... Having said that, Fox did a really good job with not having the Hulk and President Red Skull and Blind Hawkeye. And oh, it yeah. Ju- they just he was actually it. my favorite part of that, though. Blind Hawkeye yeah. was just like, ugh, that was such a good comic. That was such a good comic. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And, yeah, they they just made a, a simple, really uh, heartfelt story about introducing X-23 and sending off Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart in a really good way. And it's just it's it was time for them movie. to go home. Yeah. It was it was time for them to Wolverine has been in every single X-Men movie ever created, hasn't he? Yes. I believe because so. that was like I remember when Days of Future Past dropped where they were like, This is like Hugh Jackman's 15th X-Men movie. And I was like, wow, he's old. Yeah. But then was like, wow, he hasn't aged a day. Like, I don't know, you go back, you look at Days of Future Past now and you go and you look at like the first X-Men movie, like, okay, they look a little different, but like largely you're like, wow. Good for you, Hugh Jackman. Wow. But, um, so we talked about movies that were better than their comic counterparts. And I know I just said that I really liked Old Man Logan. So now, in that same vein, we're going to talk about comic books that kind of just blow their movie counterparts out of the water. Um, I'm going to cheat. I'm not picking a movie. Uh, I'm honestly going to say Walking Dead. Um, have you gotten to read like any of the Walking Dead comics before? Like, look at them at all? Or like, I read up until I read a little bit into when they got to the prison, and okay. I kind of know what happens like vaguely, mm-hmm. but I haven't followed it really. 
Yeah, I don't know. I really liked, so, again, hipster alert. I read the Walking Dead comics before it was a show and then watched the show before it became, like, super duper huge where, like, you see people with, like, Walking Dead t-shirts now and people who are, like, I don't know, all these, like, Walking Dead memes or whatever. But um, the first season of Walking Dead, really super great. Fantastic. Yep. Second season, pretty good also. Kind of boring. Mm. Sophia Watch. Yeah. Um, the Well, wait, was that the second season? I thought that was a third. Second season was on the farm. Mm, when Then did the first season end with the CDC? Yes. Because I thought the first season ended... Okay, it's been so long. This also shows you how much stock I actually put in the Walking Dead right. like, TV show. Yeah, it's not good because anymore. Because the thing is, yeah, is that was my point, is it's like I watched it and I was like, wow, this is really good. And then it just kept going and going and going. And I know you could say the same darn thing for the comics, but I feel like the comics are more linear and they cut out a lot of extraneous crap that the shows have kind of started up on. Um, and that is why... What? That's why the show lost me. Because like the last season there was like... Three or four episodes where it's just like, oh, this side character, they're running through the woods and they're going to meet this group on the beach or this group in a dump. And we don't care. We want to see Jeffrey Dean Morgan be an asshole. Well, because like there are a lot of characters in the comic. Don't get me wrong. Like they actually cut out a lot. Like in the very first season when Rick meets them all in like the RV camp and there's like a bunch of families and randos just like chilling out. They're like, hey, we're the only like human people left. Like there was actually way more in the comics and they stuck around for a little while longer. Um, but like characters like Shane, like wasn't actually that big of a deal. Like he actually dies, spoiler question mark, and like the first trade. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's more I just feel like the comics are way more to the point. Um the art I will acknowledge it is a little difficult to tell who's who. Yeah. Um because especially the children are all drawn relatively the same. Um, it's in that weird kind of like sketch art style where like the lines are polished, but you look at people and you're like, I'm not sure who you really are. Um, so that's my, I, that will be my one kind of like drawback. I'll be like, okay, like I could see how you would like this show better. But yeah, no, I feel like Walking Dead has become the very thing it sought to kill, a zombie itself. Yeah. It's living, even though I guess a lot of people are still clamoring for it, but it's it's just a hard sell for me. Which is actually weird because my cousin was on The Walking Dead. Really? Fun fact. Yeah. Were they a walker? Well, okay. Just an extra? This is when, this is after I stopped watching, um, but then watched this one episode just for my cousin. So you know when they're, uh, right before they meet, well, a couple episodes before they meet, I don't know how many episodes, honestly, before they meet Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character, um, there's that guy that Rick stabs through the throat with like a... um, a screwdriver. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah, that was my cousin. The oh. guy he stabbed through the throat with a screwdriver. All right. Was my cousin. <laughs> Shout out uh, to my cousin, Justin. But, yeah, no. So, once my cousin was, like, dead, because he made this big deal where he was like, you guys are going to be on The Walking Dead. We're like, oh, my God, that's so cool. And then he dies. Like, like, yeah, I die. Yeah, he didn't tell us that. He was just like, watch the episode. And so, then, like, we watched it. We were like, you're dead, dude. You played this up. Like, you were going to be a part of, like, <laughs> Rick's brigade, but now you just have a screwdriver in your throat. So... Walking Dead had me. It lost me. It had me for a brief moment mm-hmm. and then lost me again, especially when they beat the hell out of Glenn. Um, yeah. Yeah. Glenn I'm and also, Abraham were my favorites, and then uh, then they died. Yeah. Glenn Glenn was a hard a hard one to grab onto, like his death. Um, also, back and forth, I guess, depending on who you talk to, uh, Daryl isn't a character in no. the comic books, um, which I feel like 
especially a lot of like female fans like weirdly obsessively latched onto him and it was like okay it's like that's not what the show's about like this is weird now so I don't know I feel like you cut a lot of that out you just end up with your basic like really nicely told zombie story and that's really all I ask for in the end of the day I don't need a bunch of other people coming in and explaining to me their love problems and whose baby is this Lori? And it's like, that's also kind of a thing in the comics, but it's definitely not as blown out as they made it in, in the rest of that season. So mm-hmm. I don't know for simplicity's sake, the walking dead comics much better than the show. For sure. All right. So my comic in the vein of Wolverine there, we had a really good movie in Logan and we also had a really bad movie in Wolverine origins it doesn't really need a whole lot of explaining. It's just bad, and they ruined Deadpool, and what else can they you say? They sewed his mouth shut. They that was about the worst shut. thing you could have done yeah. ever. It's kind of a double whammy because it's a bad Wolverine origin, and it's a bad Deadpool origin. So I just don't even acknowledge the fact that it's either of those things. I do, It's honestly yeah. just like a blight in my mind where I'm just like, mm-hmm. hey, I have just missing memories from when I saw that film yeah. in theaters, unfortunately. It's, it's kind of cheating to say, to pick Wolverine Origins for it, but it's not very good. Another one that's, uh, the comic is better, just because the movie is just abysmally terrible, is um, it's an older one, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Sean Connery's last film, <sighs> real bad. The comic I've heard is actually really good. And they incorporate all the literary references really well. I was going to say, isn't that the one where, like, Dorian Gray is, like, a character in it? Yeah, it's, like, Jekyll and Hyde, uh, Dorian Gray, um, Captain Nemo. Like, lots of people from, like, old literature into, like, the modern day. Like, there's, like, Harry Potter references, but he's, like, the Antichrist or something weird like that. (laughs) I feel like I saw that movie. It's either that or it was a a horrible fever dream. I feel like I saw that movie just, like, fleetingly. Saw, Mm -hmm. like, Sean Connery and, like... I, I don't even know what type of situation. I was just like baffled by it and it's then I immediately turned it off. I it's was just like, bizarre. okay, I was like, this isn't James Bond. Yeah, click. click. Like, <laughs> but so in that kind of vein of things that reminded us of other things, I know our little side segment today that we had been talking about that we uh, tossed around was the idea of reboots and how, I don't know. I want to call them controversial because I feel like every time I see that something's being rebooted, I'm just kind of like, I don't want this. I didn't ask for this. I just kind of want to, like, re-gift it back to the studios. Sure. But, um, so, reboots, your opinion. Love them or hate them? I mean, it, the last few I've been on board for, Star Wars, I was all for it. That first trailer where the Falcon is, like, doing that sweet yeah. loop and the, the theme is playing, I was, like, full nerd mode. It's like, take my money. Blade Runner looks cool. Uh, Lara Croft, I'm indifferent towards. Let's see Alicia Vikander jump off of stuff. It honestly depends on the property because they've been trying Terminator pretty irregularly for the past like couple of years. We've had one every few years, and there hasn't been a super good one, and they're trying that again. So, I don't yeah. know. To me, reboots just scream lazy to me. Yep. Like, to me, Star Wars, like these new Star Wars with – um, John Boyega, um, Oscar Isaac, Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley, thank you. I was blanking on her name. Those aren't reboots, more like it's like continuations. So it's more like, hey, like we're taking our pre established stuff. Like they're not going back and saying, like, you don't actually know how Luke Skywalker became Luke Skywalker. Like he had a completely different origin story. Mm-hmm. Um, more, I'm thinking of like, 
just taking pre-established content and just like finding a way yeah. to revamp and tell the exact same story again. Like this one might be controversial, but how do you feel about Ghostbusters? Because the the sexists ruined our nerd fun with pointing out how it's a dumb reboot that didn't need to be made, but I yeah. mean, I kind of agree that it's like a reboot that didn't need to be made. Like if you wanted to make something that was like, "Hey, we're introducing a cast of women into nerd culture." That's fantastic. But like we didn't need to reboot Ghostbusters in the sense that like, hey, like these four that you knew are no more. Like they're in this dimension where they were born as like women. I would say it's almost like if you wanted to have this like iconic scene of like the still living Ghostbusters kind of like handing down the mantle to them. Exactly, yeah. Like that could have been really cool. Like, hey, acknowledge the fact that like Bill Murray, we're not going to get any more Ghostbusters like with our original cast. Like we're not. Some of them are dead. A lot of them are old. Like, they just don't want to do it. Right. No, and I don't I don't blame them for that. But like, um, I just I think that like that could have been done a little better. Where I think if, if you want to continue on with the series and you want to um sort of remodernize the series, make it your own, make it almost like a, a passing down of the mantle of like uh I don't know, like they're rebooting Jumanji. Yeah. But they're rebooting it as, like, a video game Not extravaganza. But, like, I get it that they're like, oh, hey, like, what if we modernized Jumanji? But there's, at least from, like, what I've seen, there really isn't, like, a throwback to those old Jumanji fans who is like, oh, hey, like, this board game, especially with, like, Robin Williams now being dead. Yeah. Like, that would have been, like, really nice. Um, I don't know. With Star Wars, you get that a little bit of, like, Han Solo being, like, Hey, Ray. Could use like, a co-pilot. Yeah, like I could use a co-pilot. Like that was like a really sweet way of like tying that fabric together of like mm-hmm. this isn't totally a reboot, but this is like us like pumping new life into our series. I'm much more a fan of that than I am of reboots. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like my opinion is meaningless and I'm just screaming into the void of of podcasting. <laughs> so they're gonna keep making those until they're doing it anyway. We have beat that horse well after it's dead. Harrison we... Ford is gonna do everything that he did in the seventies again. We're getting more Jurassic Parks, we're getting more Star Wars is on Harrison they... Ford though. <laughs> yeah. Because Indiana Jones, what? Five is coming in 2019. I honestly, for, I literally was just going to say like, thank God there's no more Indiana Joneses. And Wrong. you just said that and like just opened up a dam of repressed memories of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> no. They need to, well, the original pitch with Indiana Jones, I think was to have like an American answer to James Bond. So like, it didn't necessarily have to be the same actor for every single film. But it's that's just, kind of what we shoot. Yeah, exactly. Because they were like, 20 years later, they're like, hey, Harrison, you want to come back? And he's like, yeah, sure. They should have said, hey, it's another Indiana Jones movie, but, and then pitch it to people like a James Bond. And then they get some other young hotshot, like a Chris Pratt, and say, mm-hmm. this is Indiana Jones in the same like characteristics, but just different adventures. And it's not. It's not in, like, a chronological time. It's, like, all in the 30s. He's always running from Nazis in, like, different parts of the world. Although I will and say that, like, I like how they do kind of, like, space it just a little bit because it's, like, okay, like, we get it. Nazis. Yeah. They're they're there. Which actually, now, with Nazis actually being prevalent in 20, 2017, it's still just as relevant as right. it was when it was originally made, which is kind of wild to be saying. Let's get Chris Pratt punching a Nazi. Listen... I'm I'm down for that. I'm cool for that. Honestly, and now that you mention it like that, I'm way more for like of that type of Indiana Jones 
Granted, it will be sad to let go of Harrison Ford, but there needs to be something like what happened with Star Wars where we're like, hey, Harrison, it's time for you to hand down the whip and maybe the fedora, although you could probably keep the fedora. Because, like, only you can kind of rock That's that true. style. That's true. The only person who can like, wear a fedora is Harrison only Ford. Only you can kind of rock that style. So maybe just keep the fedora and and we will revitalize. That's what I want to see more of is, like, a revitalizing of, like, movies. Because it's like, okay, you get a really good narrative. Mm-hmm. Run with it. Yeah. I don't want to see the same narrative done 16 times. I just don't. You just get to a point where you're like, I'm exhausted. It's time <laughs> to go home. I'm not even going to spend money on this Put movie. Put this franchise to bed forever. <sighs> so... That wraps up our side segments. We will bring this episode to a close real quick with our personal recommendations. Steve, what have you been listening, watching, reading this week that's just taken taken a hold of your attention? Well, today, because I've been seeing ads for it all week, I watched the first episode of Ghosted with Adam Scott and Craig Robinson because I've been watching Parks and Rec. I'm really behind, but I love that show. What, what one is that? Because isn't he in on one? Isn't Adam Scott in... Uh, Netflix show right now where like oh, he's like the, the son or his stepson is like Satan. I need to watch that too. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like Adam Scott in things now that I'm watching Parks and Rec because Ben Wyatt is kind of me. But anyway, Ghosted. Uh, it's kind of Ghostbusters. It's kind of X-Files. It's these two. Adam Scott is like a uh, college professor who's like kind of been shamed out of his career field because everybody thinks he's crazy because he said his wife was abducted by aliens. Ice Town yep. costs Ice Town. <laughs> ice Clown costs and he, Ice Town. And he ice ruined Town. Ice Town. <laughs> and uh, Craig Robinson is a retired LAPD detective, and they get kind of recruited into this secret organization that deals with paranormal threats, and they go on little uh, adventures, Monster of the Week type adventures. I liked it, but... I don't know if it was supposed to be as short as it was because that felt really fast. They were like, oh, this and this and this. And then we're going to work out the fact that we don't really like each other. And then there's the monster real quick. And then now you're on the team. And so it did just you watch the whole season quick. or is that just the first episode? It's the first episode. Wow. It just seemed super quick. I don't know if it could, if I watched like an incomplete version of it because there was a little thing at the beginning with the two leads and they're like, hey, check out this sneak peek. But then it seemed like the whole episode. So maybe I feel like it would benefit if they were our episodes. Because this was like a half hour. Mm. So but what is it on? Is it on TV? It's on Fox. It? Yep. Okay. Hmm. All right. Mine is not... Wow, that was a really nice voice crack I just had right there. <laughs> Mine is not on uh, television. Mine is a little more accessible on your phones and tablets. Um, I am a huge fan, I've talked about it before, of Voltron. Um, actually, for those of you who can't see, I'm currently drinking tea out of my Voltron Defender of the Universe mug. Um I personally am a huge fan and supporter of giant robots fighting in space, which means Voltron is right up my alley. Uh, Voltron Legendary Defender is on Netflix. The second half of season three is releasing later this month. I am super stoked for it. Um, Basically picks up on four, five later, but four kids from Earth uh, who end up stumbling on these like giant robot lions and they're like, wow, this is really weird. And they're just kind of buried in the middle of a desert. Um, they all belong to this, like, academy of, like, space fighters. They're all, like, training to be, like, cargo pilots or, like, space fighter pilots or something like that. They stumble across these lions. It turns out that these lions are actually, like, robots sent from um, another race from, like, five or 50,000 years in the past. Um They've been buried on Earth for 50,000 years. Yeah, I've never seen Voltron. Yeah, so (laughs) they end up waking up like a race of what was thought to be like extinct peoples. And 
like they find themselves in the middle of like a galactic civil war and their little robot lions all transform like together to make one giant fighting robot. So it's pretty cool. I'm a fan of robots punching things. It's made by the same people that made Avatar The Last Airbender. So I'm on um, board. It has that same flow of like jokingness. Where, like, there's just certain times where, like, I'll watch it and actually, like, be startled at, like, how hard I'm laughing. Because it's like, wow, this is actually, like, really funny and, like, really witty. And the animation's just, like, really pretty, too. And it looks It's, like, a that lot, cool. Yeah, it looks a lot like Legend of Korra animation style-wise with mm-hmm. that same, like, fun flow as, like, Last Airbender. Yeah, so it's, like, kind of like that anime style, but it's Western. Mm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um... Actually, going back to Walking Dead, uh, Glenn voices one of the characters oh, in that really? show. Yep, cool. he voices, uh, I think his name is Keith, and he is a dude who has a mullet rip in pieces. Rockin'. But he, um, yeah, he flies the red lion, right. and then later, like, the black one. But yeah, no, so he, yeah, he's in that show. I would definitely recommend it. Super cool. Um, if you like robots, you like aliens, and you liked Avatar, this is the show for you. So what came first, Voltron or Power Rangers? Because that sounds very Power Rangers. Um, I actually am not totally sure. Like, I feel like I know Voltron has been around for a really long time. Speaking of reboots, um, Voltron's been around for a really long time. My mom watched Voltron when she was a kid, so I think... I think it might have been Voltron. Oh, fact check me on that. We could Google it after the show, mm. and I will issue a correction if yeah. I am wrong. Tweet in if you want. <laughs> but, yeah, no. So, like I said, there's you don't have to have any prior knowledge of Voltron. This new version of Voltron just kind of takes everything as like, hey, we acknowledge canon, but we're going to do it our way. And it's it's really fun and stays true to form at the same time cool. while doing that. So, two thumbs way up. Um, but, yeah, no. So... That is our recommendation. That is our show. Um, you can find us where, Steve? You can find us on Facebook at Raven Geeks, Twitter at Raven Geeks, or at The Raven Geeks. I'm not 100% sure which. It's Raven Geeks. But, okay, at Raven Geeks, you can find us there. And we are on iTunes with Central Michigan Life Podcast. You just scroll through, and you can find us along with all of our other podcasts. we got a few about sports and wrestling and films in general, I saw that came out today, so that should be interesting. Yep, yep. So, yeah, give those all a listen. And you can definitely find us on CM-Life next time. Until next time, you guys, check us out again next week. Same bat time, same bat panel.